Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning again to those who are watching online. We said already, we said g'day already, but glad you're still with us. Thanks for sticking around through that. It's lovely to have you with us, uh, whether you're with us live or watching later. And thank you to everyone who's here. My own special thanks and welcome to visitors. Um, gosh, good on you. Um, thanks for taking that that deep breath, um, walking into a room full of people you don't know, and uh, and being here in our midst. We pray if you're welcome. Uh, thanks to everyone who who got out of bed an hour earlier too this morning. Uh, I was sound asleep when my alarm went off. Um, it did go off kind of early, but <laughs> I was sound asleep, uh, and maybe you were like that as well. Hey, um, my notes here say uh, DJ. Uh, don't mention last week's grand final. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention last week's uh, grand final. It says here there may be Swan supporters uh, around. Uh, don't mention the 81 point. Uh, be gracious in victory as anyway. Um, but hey, who's looking forward to the game tonight? Rugby league followers? Uh, who... who is it? Oh, that's right. Um, I would have missed it. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Thank you. Um, this afternoon, you can see how closely I follow it. But I've got to say, who, who, um, who is uh, barracking for the Eels for an upset victory tonight? The Knights. The Knights. <laughs> someone's been... Uh, someone's been... Oh, the women's, of course. Yes, the women's. Go the, go the Knights. And the Eels. Uh, Eels are actually my childhood team, so... Um, I'm bar- barracking for the Eels, but it's going to be a big ask. Uh, I'm less confident uh, than I was last weekend's grand final with Geelong. Um, with the Eels, man. Oh, Dave, how did that get there? Oh, sorry, Dave. Um, anyway, I, and, and I, um, uh, Louise and our girls and I, we had uh, lunch with Karen and Rob uh, the other day, and I, I did not know this, but Karen is the world's craziest Rabbitohs supporter, um, more so even than Russell Crowe. She is the, the biggest fan of the Rabbitohs. Yeah, so sorry that the Rabbitohs didn't, didn't make it, but um, you're going for Parramatta. Whew, come on. Uh, whose money's on Penrith? Or, sorry, who is... So, uh, I have no money at all on this. I, I don't go there. Um, I would lose way too much. But who is uh, 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 supporting Penrith to win? Yeah, Okay. Oh, that's about even, actually. Who doesn't care? Who's going to be watching Stan or Binge or SBS On Demand or something? So, cooking dinner. Yep, that's right. Playing with the kids. Yep, all of that. Okay. Well, anyway, may the best team in blue and yellow win tonight. There we go. Well, this week we come to the end of our So Love series, as Isaac mentioned. And uh, if you've just joined us, uh, then uh, we'll be doing a little bit of a recap today. But in this series, basically, as Isaac alluded before, we've been, we've been uh, doing two things together. Firstly, we have been uh, looking at uh, the big picture narrative of the Bible, as Isaac said, as the epic story, the unfolding story of God's relentless love for the world, and more particularly for the people of the world, including you and me, but also our neighbours, our community, our family, our friends, and so on. So that's been one thing that we've been doing in this kind of slot each week. But alongside that, we've also been uh, uh, undertaking a series of initiatives designed to spur one another on 
to love and good deeds, as the writer to the Hebrews in the New Testament of the Bible says. Now, on that first front, if, uh, if you want to explore that big picture story more, perhaps it's new to you or, or hearing it in that way is a bit new to you, um, then here are a couple of resources I'd recommend. Uh, this one by Vaughan Roberts on the left there, uh, the, the God's Big Picture, a Bible overview. That's also available as a DVD series, sort of 10, 12-minute um, sessions, um, good for small groups and things. Uh, if you've got kids, you've probably come across this already, but if not, the Jesus Storybook Bible um, is, is a wonderful retelling. Um, it's not really a Bible, it's kind of more a paraphrase and retelling of the, of the story. Uh, and then if you're more a visual person, you like video and so on, uh, we often encourage um, you to delve into the depths of the resources available through the Bible Project. But they do have this sort of special curated uh, group of videos around uh, sort of introducing the Bible and the big story of the Bible and things like that. Um, and, you know, you can chase a bunch of different rabbit holes uh, on the Bible Project site and they're, and they're all really good. You'll, all, you'll end up learning something I always do. Um, so let me encourage you in that. Um, but, you know, something really wonderful has unfolded, I think, over our journey over the last 10 weeks in this series. James, uh, later in the New Testament, James, brother of Jesus, writes, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith? And, uh, sorry, let me, let, me, let me start with this one. Do not merely listen to the word, he says. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And then he also says a little bit later, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Well, over the last 10 weeks, um, we've not just been hearers, but also doers of the word. And I'm so proud of us. Here are some reminders of uh, the journey that we have been on together over these last 10 weeks. Firstly, some uh, family photos. Uh, uh, some, of our, some of our family, at least. This one was uh, week one when we introduced the series uh, talking about how even before there was a word... Anyone recognising? Anyone up there? Um, I don't think we've got everyone, but we've got a few faces. There we go. Some good-looking people in there. What a great bunch. And we looked in that first week at the idea that even before there was a world, that God himself existed as love in the honouring, loving, eternal relationships between the Father, Son and Spirit, this incredibly tight, intimate relations, so tight and intimate that we don't worship three gods, we worship one God, the Father, Son and Spirit. Uh, and yet there are these three persons to that one God. It's something of a, a mystery. It's a, it's a bit mind-numbing, but that's no, that's no surprise when you're talking about the God who is not like us, but is very different to us and exists in a way of being that is 
dif different to us and therefore hard for us to get our heads around. But we find in this reality, um, just sort of represented very crudely by this triquetra, um, which sort of shows the three aspects all united together and, and the, the Celtic ring there also showing this sort of eternal, uh, eternal life and unity. But this, this reminds us that before the foundation of the world, God was love. And thus all of his action is grounded in that relational existence, symbolised here by this, um, this kind of attempt to represent that somehow visually. And all our attempts are, are, are flawed and, and, and don't finally hold up, but this is one attempt. And then in week two, uh, John Attia um, walked us through the idea that as an expression of that eternal love of God, God creates something. He creates a world of wonder. He creates a world of finely balanced beauty, such that even the most cutting edges of contemporary science kind of has to appeal to God-like explanations of why and how the world continues to be sustained from moment to moment. And let me say again, if, if, if you go back and watch one sermon out of this whole series, let me encourage you uh, to watch that one. Uh, you can search for it on YouTube, uh, search New Vine, and it was on, I think, the 31st of July. So let me encourage you to go back and watch that wonderful sermon from John. And by the way, John will be preaching uh, here again in a couple of weeks. Uh, so look forward to that. Thanks very much, John, again in advance. And because God created such a wonderful world and entrusted us, uh, us to care for it as his own representatives, and inspired by one of our local legends, uh, Maria, Maria Roberts, we set out on our own um, quest to care for our, the creation around us. Our community clean-up day uh, took us out to the parks and fields and roadsides and things around the community. Uh, and uh, that was a, a wonderful experience. It was a chance to get to know people, uh, new people a bit, come back afterwards, share lunch together. Um, again, a few fine-looking faces there in their wellies and all. Good on you guys, Dave, Cass, and uh, Jody. I think's in there. Uh, and we were out. Some more of us were out at Blue Gum Hills. Uh, others were closer by here. Thanks everyone for uh, for chipping in there. And uh, then the following week, I took us through the fact that in the midst of the amazing cosmos that God has created, with all this wonder and extremities black holes and dark matter and things we don't even really fully understand yet. That in the midst of that, in our beautiful world filled with creatures and life and vitality, God, through uh, the high, in the high point of the story of his creative acts, makes humanity in his own image and likeness. That is, as his royal sons and daughters, his representatives on earth, made to know and experience God's love and to tend the world in which he's placed us with that same love and um, attention and devotion. And we talked about the particular dignity and value that that imparts to everyone. Small or tall, young or old, rich or poor, corporate bosses, sports stars, through to stay-home mums or stay-home dads through to you and I in the ordinary everydayness of our lives, our next-door neighbours, the people across the street, everyone is imparted that dignity and value by having been in this sort of passing on of the image and uh, likeness of God, albeit now 
a bit broken. And then Isaac took us through the way in which humanity became broken and failed in its to live in love towards the God which loves them or who loves them, choosing instead a path towards death, not God's loving life. And we talked about uh, the lack of love that this brings towards other human beings. We see the, the coming of evil, the coming of sin into the world and evil and murder and then kind of uh, violence and war uh, and so on. And it brings this suffering and sin wreaking havoc even in our world today, which causes many to live now without the dignity that they deserve. And so um, in response, a kind of a small step, um, we began a new partnership uh, with Terry and the team over at Maryland Neighbourhood Centre, a big team of volunteers there, in collecting groceries and personal care items and uh, donations of sometimes just a couple of items or maybe even whole bags and being able to take those over to um, the community centre. We collect them out here uh, and Luke and I um, have done a few runs over there now uh, once we get enough and, uh, and share them over there. They've got a, a great delivery system to people who are ex experiencing uh, financial hardship or economic vulnerability and so on. And it's great to partner with them just to try to restore a little bit of that basic dignity that we all should have to be able to feed our kids and look, look after ourselves and our families. So we've now um, made a number of those deliveries. Thank you to everyone who has uh, donated, even if it's just one item. That one item is an expression um, of love and dignity to other people. And then as we progressed through the series, we saw that, that this kind of what we call the fall, this fall into evil or selfishness, self-centeredness, doesn't cause God to give up on us. Because even when we're not loving, God is still love. And so he sets in motion a plan, a promise to start with, with to a man named Abraham, that all nations on earth would be blessed through him and his descendants. Then indeed, God makes a, a, an agreement, a covenant, we call it, with the ancient Middle Eastern slave nation uh, of Israel, oppressed and in slavery in Egypt. And he, he calls them out and graciously calls them out and sets them free from that. And, and he makes this agreement that they would become themselves a kingdom of priests to the nations. A kingdom which would take the message of this, this God who is God of all nations, not just one nation. Take that uh, message to the, to, the, uh, to the nations around them. And then when Israel, uh, AJ, sorry, then shared uh, how the laws that God gave to that nation, Israel, as part of that covenant agreement, were intended to be a blessing by bringing order and again elevating the value and importance of human life uh, compared to many of the surrounding nations around them. In fact, in one of the areas uh, of law in the ancient covenant, just to, to hone in for a moment on one of these, one of the things which set that law apart from many of its neighbours was God's prohibition. He's saying no to the practice of child sacrifice, which was common in some of the countries and nations around and indeed uh, throughout the ancient world. And the Hebrew Scriptures, the, what we call the Old Testament, but the, the Israel's Bible, uh, they all together came to highlight the value of human children and, and even slaves and things. And in fact, in one of the repeated refrains of the Old Testament, prophets is that the, the nation or its leaders have abandoned the widow and the orphan. 
They've chased off us after other gods, but they've abandoned also caring for the vulnerable children and uh, widows, etc., in their midst. And you hear this refrain come through in the Psalms and Proverbs and elsewhere that God himself is father to the fatherless. He's the loving defender of the downtrodden. And uh, in our kind of attempt to to express that, just a little bit, an opportunity came up for us, um, thanks to Bianca, uh, down at the Glendore Child Care Centre, where uh, Bianca is the director, um, to just help out a little bit with, again, um, expressing uh, our love for kids, our love for families. Um, with their 21st birthday, now come and gone, but at that stage we're still, we're still leading up to it. Um, gee, that was a great party too, Bianca, uh, that day. Well done in organising uh, that. Uh, we were able to send a team down and just help out a little bit with the working bee that they had going on there. Um, do some of the heavier lifting. And uh, is Sue Snedden here today? Sue, are you here? Um, that's not Bruce uh, doing the heavy lifting there, i just like to say. Um, I know he should have been uh, uh, resting and taking it easy. Uh, so that's exactly what he did. Isn't that right, Bruce? Oh, sorry, there you are, Bruce and Sue. Um, yes, that's, that's right. Well done. Anyway, this was the final product, just of the kind of patch that we did most of the work on after the kids. We didn't do the painting after uh, another of our local legends, Uncle Dave, and then the kids did some of the painting on those poles, and it was wonderful. Well, we were able to be able to help out just a little bit with um, prep and general tidying up as well. And uh, did we see? Yep, we saw these guys helping with the tidying up there. So, And as well, um, uh, as, well as those, those journeys in the Old Testament, understanding their part in this big picture, um, we, in our process through this great, narrative, this uh, epic story, we came then, of course, uh, to the centerpiece of the whole Bible, which is the coming of God's Son, the coming of what we sometimes refer to as the Word of God in person, in the flesh, and that is Jesus. Now, if you're a visitor here today or you're a visitor online uh, and you you don't know um, much about this story and what we've been talking about Um, then I I hope some of this gives you a bit of a sense both of the story and and how we've attempted to kind of put legs on our love for our community and ultimately uh, on God's love uh, for the world. But this moment, the coming of Jesus into the world is when we see that God's love reaches its greatest intensity. It's like the moment of highest tension in a movie. And uh, with the coming in the fullness of time of Jesus Christ, God incarnate or God become flesh, God become human, bringing God's very present itself into the midst of the messed up world. And that brought us to the kind of very heart um, of this series, from where the series gets its name, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this Jesus fulfills the promise, the promise made to Abraham and to Israel. Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, is the one through whom all nations, all people on earth are blessed. He's the one who brings about the restoration of humanity's relationship with its loving Father in heaven. Um, Jesus is the one who overcomes the evil that enters the world. He overcomes our sinful rebellion. He wins the victory 
uh, like the cats, um, just slip that in there. Um, oh, but on a much grander s- uh, scale, he wins the victory over evil and suffering and death. And then this wonderful multifaceted act of utter selflessness and ultimate self-sacrifice. Jesus achieves everything needed, not just for us as individuals, but for the entire creation to be put back on a path towards ultimate redemption. And maybe this is pushing the analogy a little bit too hard, and I don't want to kind of cheapen what I've just been talking about there, these wonderful, uh, grand truths. Um, But perhaps as a tiny glimpse of the way in which uh, God in Christ takes a creation that's out of control, a world kind of gone wild, um, and through Christ starts putting things right again, uh, a bunch of us were able to go and help out um, tame a little bit of creation in one backyard at least. Uh, Dave and Cass's neighbour, uh, Serena, a bunch of us were able to go along one Sunday and uh, take what kind of started out a, a little bit like this um, and by the end of the day having it looking a little bit more uh, like that. Uh, and again, um, maybe the analogy breaks down or is, or is too small, but um, perhaps again it gives us a glimpse of how God invites us, even now, into his uh, program of doing our part, big and small, um, to join in his project uh, to restore and renew all things. And that brings us, oh sorry, one more snap, this was afterwards, uh, some more of the team who were there on the day. And that brought us in the unfolding of our series uh, to the church The church, not just as a a building, as we sometimes think of it, but as a community of people, which gathers both to worship together, but also gathers as a witness to Jesus in our world. A church, which we said two weeks ago, for sure, is not a perfect place. It's sometimes all too human, all too hurtful even, and sometimes hard to stick around. But we also said that this thing we call the church It not just a human institution. It's also a divine idea through whom in his grace and goodness, God still works despite it all, still does amazing things, still chooses to love and not forsake, to kind of create like a rehab unit for humans, a place where we can come with all our foibles and our warts and our flaws and all and find ourselves on a path to recovery by the grace of God and his spirit at work within us. And of course, I just want to say, to add to what I said two weeks ago, of course, if you've been hurt by the church and you need some time to heal or rest or recover, then by all means, take that time that you need. My my encouragement is simply to take time out, but don't walk out. Uh, Because we need you. We're better off with you here. And the church is still something that God, by his grace, uses in the world today. I hope most of us can agree to that, at least. But far more than that, for all of its feet of clay, God gives us the invitation to participate in the unfolding, the continuing unfolding of his love in the world. Definitely as the junior partners, uh, but nevertheless, he invites us into what he is doing work which will one day find its fulfillment in the new creation. And that brings us to last week, our special guest speaker, Gershon Nimbolka from Common Grace, reminded that, that, um, that our future, 
those of us who are invited into uh, God's uh, family and his church and we find our faith in him. Our future is not some kind of endless disembodied kind of heaven floating on clouds playing harps or something which doesn't sound necessarily all that appealing um, to an old rocker like me. Um, but as the, uh, the New Testament expert James Dunn puts it, commenting on the Apostle Paul's ideas, um, Paul's thought throughout all of his letters, but Paul's thought is clearly that creation itself must be redeemed in order that redeemed humanity may have a fitting environment. And Gershon helped us with this kind of helpful graphic uh, last week, which shows how the story which starts with creation ends with creation renewed. And what's more, with things put right, injustice coming to an end, need and want coming to an end, and a much more glorious world than we have ever hoped or dreamed would be possible. And in the meantime, we who live in the age of the church have the awesome privilege in our generation, our moment in time, of living what um, Dua Lipa might call future nostalgia. Um, I'm not sure she means it in the same way that I do. But that is living, looking forward to the future, eagerly anticipating it. For our purpose, we might say that future nostalgia, if I can borrow that phrase, um, means that while only God can transform the current fallen world into future heaven and earth coming together, we can live in a way which doesn't look back with nostalgia from some past golden era, but looks forward to God's golden age in the future. And we live now anticipating that future, living in light of that future in how we live and act, and therefore being transformed here and now, and also wanting to transform a few things here and now, also wanting to bring a little bit of that future into the present in what we do. The great German theologian, oh gosh, it's crazy, going from Dua Lipa to um, Jürgen Moltmann. But anyway, the great German theologian uh, says it like this. He says, from first to last, and not merely in the, the kind of book of Revelation at the end of the Bible, he says, Christianity is hope. It's forward-looking and forward-moving and therefore also revolutionizing and transforming the present and so in big ways and small, we live now to make the world a little bit more like it will one day be by the leading of God's spirit and the empowering of God's spirit. And whether that is, as Gershon talked about last week, the ending of gladiatorial games in the Roman Empire through the influence of Christians or the ending of infanticide, um, as was the case also with the early Roman church, or fighting slavery and hunger, or whether it's in smaller, more ordinary, everyday actions that we can take. More modest means and moments of daily kindness. Buying lunch for a homeless person. Delivering a meal to a neighbour battling health problems. Donating blankets to the needy. Buying an extra coffee in a cafe for them to give to someone later in the line. Mowing your neighbour's lawn. These, these little things are part of the way that we can live in light of that future, that glorious, wonderful future awakes. And they're just some of the things. This is just a handful. There's heaps more out there. 
But I read through all of these last night, um, this bunch at least, of things that people have written down, our, our kind of thousand action is- initiatives, which people have taken time to put down here. And there's some beautiful things here. It made my eyes well up a little bit as I read through them. Helping jumpstart a car, community cleanup at Bunnings, helping carry groceries to the car of an elderly, elderly lady, lady, organizing a care package for a friend with breast cancer, um, several sessions with a Chinese student helping her with English uh, pronunciation in preparation for an English test, a review for a young shop assistant, uh, participating in the church rubbish cleanup, Whew. Um, anonymously bought a coffee for a GP in a local cafe. Not sure why the GP was working in a local cafe, um, but uh, no, that's wonderful. Made a bracelet for a new girl at school uh, in a young person's writing. Uh, giving someone my Play-Doh, again, in kids' writing. At least I think it's kids' writing. Um, putting up posters which say, please drive slowly, baby ducks on road. Um, sharing some baked treats with a neighbour. Giving chicken soup and chocolates to neighbours who had COVID. Returning extra shopping trolleys, donating blankets to the needy, buying coffee for uh, a homeless woman, booking a GP appointment for a neighbour who needed to see a doctor and his was unavailable. Gosh, I could go on and on. Letting a client have an IOU until payday. Uh, shouting coffee stranger. Bought food for um, and spent time listening to the story of a homeless person who's had a hard time lately. Cooked and delivered. I mean, it just goes on and on. Thank you to those of you... Um, who have joined in in some small way. Thanks to those who've written down, but thanks also to those who haven't written it down. Maybe it's just part of what you do. Maybe it's just a, an ordinary, everyday expression of your faith in Jesus. And you were doing this long before this series started, and you'll keep doing it long after. Well, good on you. Um, whether it's big things or those little things, these help make the world a little more like it will one day be when the sun has fully risen on a new world in which a risen sun reigns over all. Well, that was our our teaching series and some of the practical actions that it spurred us to along the way. I wish I I could read these all. In fact, maybe we'll get these down and and sit them around for the next week or two and we can peruse them a bit more easily and and flip through. And I'm sure you'll agree. There's just just some lovely small things that would have brightened someone's day and made it better. So thank you to everyone who did that. Okay, a couple of things to say before I wrap this whole thing up. And now, if you've been with us uh, for more than just today, you'll know, uh, or, or even today, you'll know that each week we've recognized the contribution of some of our local Fletcher in My Maryland uh, community through our Local Legends program. And thanks again to Josh for helping us with the design work there. It was absolutely fantastic. And like Isaac said, we just wish every one of us could have been there to help deliver a, a hat and a hamper and a, or flowers and, and a certificate. It was a magic moment. And, you know, often uh, some, you could actually see this kind of thing happen in the few minutes that we were there. And that thing was, uh, you know, usually two of us from staff would turn up and, uh, with the award and some goodies and we'd surprise them with it. And that usually meant that we'd start having to start explaining who on earth we were. And so we'd say, oh, we're from New Vine, that kind of big church building on Minmai Road and near Coles. And, and some, of, uh, some of our recipients would be a little bit curious about that and some would be a bit wary, kind of like, all right, where's, where's this going? Um, and then uh, we'd say, 
well, we've got this local legends program going to recognize people in our local community who are going above and beyond all of this to honor them and acknowledge their, their quiet but deeply appreciated contributions to our local community, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm reading you my speaking notes from when I present them just about there, I know. But anyway, then we'd say to that someone, um, well, someone in our church has nominated you. And even more than that, you're our winner for the week. And you'd think we were handing them, you know, Oprah. We, you'd think we were Oprah, right? Car for you and you and you and you. Um, for some people, um, they took it in their stride. But for other people, you could just sort of see this kind of like, oh, wow. The fact that someone had stopped to recognize what they were doing took them from this place of kind of maybe wariness or even suspicion to this place of, gosh, going, oh, gosh. And maybe they thought, that was a church that did that. Well, I hope so. Uh, anyway, it was wonderful, beautiful moments. But I think something really beautiful happened on a broader scale uh, than the, just those sort of sacred moments. Um, through all the things that we've done and do that I've spoken about. So if you made a meal or you spent time with an elderly neighbour, if you listened to a grieving or stressed or struggling colleague, if you helped someone with their groceries or loneliness or their car or kids or backyard, I reckon you reflected something of God's own character. And, and I'm so proud of us. Uh, I'm pr proud because all of those things put together, not only the ones that we've mentioned, but perhaps especially the unseen, unheralded ones, they make the world a little bit brighter, a little bit more like the way the world will one day be, as I said. And I'm grateful that through those actions, something actually beautiful, I reckon, has happened here at New Vine. Maybe something through us, but certainly something in us. We've come together. We've gone out together. We've engaged together with people outside the four walls of Fortress New Vine. And perhaps outside the four walls of our own fortresses that we call, call our homes these days. Together we've tasted something of the kind of kingdom which is coming. The, the kind of faith which loves its neighbour and lives out its own message. And the kind of hope that looks forward to that glorious future of which we now only catch the most tantalising but brief glimpses. But in a small way, perhaps, we've given people a tiny, tiny scent of how that world will one day be. Like uh, the faintest scent of a citrus blossom uh, on the wind. And in a small way, perhaps, we've given people a taste of the love of God so profound, so immense, so unrelenting that it refused to leave us languishing in ultimate alienation from God, from others, and from our planet. Many of our actions may have been small, but never underestimate the big, act, the, the big impact of a small act. And while we may not have risen, riven, risen uh, yet to such heights as ending slavery or inequality or injustice or the war in Ukraine or even the worry over cost of living and skyrocketing rents closer to home, this is just the start. This is the start of a conscious, collective commitment to work together, to spur one another on to love and good deeds here at New Vine, in our local community and beyond. And now that we've started, like a little baby taking baby steps, maybe we can take bigger strides and bigger steps and bolder moves. And we're going to watch this space. Um, in November, we're going to share some of our vision 
for the coming three years. A vision that the lead team, the staff team have been working on, trying to, trying to kind of um, see and, and praying to hear from God about. Trying to grasp and also trying to articulate in a kind of a short and succinct way. We're going to share some of that in November and I'm, I'm excited to share that with you. At the start of this, so watch this space. At the start of this habit, uh, sorry, start of this series, I talked about habit forming and quoted the author James Clear, who in his book, Atomic Habits, says that every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Well, there are three uh, collective habits uh, that we've started to form here that we want to keep going and build on. But at very least, we want to build on these three habits. Firstly, uh, our community cleanup days. Uh, if you enjoyed that day uh, going out and about, can you give me a wave? Um, yeah, great. We had a great time, me and Emmy. Uh, it was brilliant. So we're going to do it again. Uh, as it happens, Clean Up Australia Day falls on Sunday, March the 5th next year. So put that in your diary. We'll probably do the same sort of thing we did this time. Straight after church, we'll head out together, um, clean up part of our local community, come back here, uh, have lunch together afterwards. Secondly, we're going to keep collecting groceries and post personal care items. You can continue to drop those off in the foyer, in the uh, little kind of pantry thing we've got out there, and we will keep taking those over because Christmas is coming. And there are a lot of people who are really struggling to put food on their table. So we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep partnering with Maryland Neighbourhood Centre. And we're also going to... Uh, do also in future. Not sure I made it in, made it into the slides here, but we're going to do the local legends again next year. Maybe about this time next year. It has just been such a wonderful way of connecting with our community that we're going to keep that going. But let me just wrap all of this up with this thought. Through this story, we've kept telling this big story, threaded through the scriptures from Genesis to Jesus, from his resurrection to his return, and the final renewal of all things. It's a glorious story of salvation and restoration, which starts and ends with God's love. It's a story that's true for us. It's also a story that's true for the many in our community who don't yet know that they are part of that story as well. So I want to say this. Doing good deeds is great, but there is a story for us to tell of the greatest deed of all. This one. Oops. Not that one lost my slides. Raphael, if you were able to just advance that next slide, that'd be great. Uh, next one again. Thank you. This story. To share that story is again itself a great and glorious act of love. Indeed, to share the story of good news is perhaps the greatest good do, do, deed that we can do. So I want to finish this So Love series by uh, next slide. Thanks, Raphael. By encouraging us to spur us on to love and good news. To challenge us all, myself included, to keep habit forming for good deeds, but never to let it stop there. To never allow the good news to be replaced merely by good deeds. It's the two together, not one on their own. So therefore, let's take courage. But more than that, Let's allow ourselves 
to be inspired for the first time or as if again for the first time by this overwhelming, breathtaking, heart-lifting, soul-healing, life-changing love of God in Christ that many of us here have been privileged to hear and many of us here are privileged to tell. A story that brings forgiveness and fresh hope and fresh starts. A story that is jaw-dropping in scope and content, truly epic, awe-inspiring, stunning, unexpected, and superlative in every sense. Here at New Vine Looking Forward, we want to be a light on a hill through our good deeds. But alongside those good deeds, we want to be a light on a hill because in a world of hard and often heartbreaking headlines, we have not only good to do, but good news to tell to our world. And we're going to keep telling it here. If the musos could come on up now, that would be great. We're going to keep telling it in different ways, in different words, in different series. And we invite you to invite others to come and hear that story here. That's not to say you can't take it with you into your workplace or your school place where it's appropriate and possible to share that. But we invite you to bring people here because the gospel is a great gift of love. And it's the way through which people come to know the love of God through Christ, to understand what he's done for them and to give up life alone and on their own terms. It's the way that they too can come to embrace this overwhelming, never-ending, unrelenting, some might even say reckless love of God. God bless you.